0: to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with way go to the way T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code heel squad for 15% off any product. That's the way T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com promo code heel squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Coming up on today's better together.
1: The problem is most people stay there. They stay in phase one and they stay in the thinking about the spiritual topics and the mm. spiritual tools yeah. but they never really learned of course the miracle says you cannot bring the light to the dark you yeah no You have to bring the dark to the light you have to go into the sh- the world does not need more light workers the world needs more shadow workers the world needs people who can go into the depths of the pain within our own systems and bring it to the light bring it to the light of our own consciousness so true spirituality in its highest form is the same thing as psychology. It's, it's about um, embodying the practices and the beliefs, not just thinking them and, and reciting them to people.
2: He hello better together fans so better together fans better together with maria Menunos fans uh, i'm not maria Menunos. what a surprise i'm mr maria Menunos, kevin undergar here bringing you part two of our amazing interview with ryan weiss uh, ryan is a uh a healer and a life coach um, who went on a pretty extraordinary journey to become uh quite the enlightened soul and with a lot of uh super helpful information and if you're just tuning into this i recommend you go back and watch episode uh our part one with ryan but if you don't feel like doing that then you know what you stay here for part two because uh this yeah it's gonna be a lot more of a great takeaway and please i remind you guys uh for us to keep this show going if you have not subscribed to our youtube please do so now. Uh, And if you have subscribed, please share the show with a friend and ask them to do so. Um, We're working hard every, every day to try to uh, bring you uh, so much valuable takeaway uh, to help you uh, change your life because we are, as we say, a life improvement series. So let's get to improving our lives with part two of our interview with Ryan Weiss.
1: My dogs have been huge teachers of mine, just infinitely loving Um, I'd say my relationships, my most intimate relationships have been my biggest teachers. Um, Byron Katie, if you're familiar with her and the work. So kind of similarly, you mentioned Dr. Ammon earlier, and I wrote down Byron Katie's name because she has something called the work. Mm. And Byron Katie says, who's, by the way, if you're listening, just go on YouTube and start, just type in B-Y-R-O-N, Byron Katie. She is the most loving, compassionate presence. And Byron Katie says, the only thing that can make us suffer is believing a thought that we haven't questioned. Boom. The only thing that can make us suffer is believing a thought we haven't questioned. So she came up, or she kind of divinely received what she calls the work, which is four questions and a turnaround. And so I could tell a story a quick story about please, this. Please, We have the time. We, okay. we do. Okay, great. So I think this was probably tw- 12 years ago when I first started reading and listening to Byron Katie. And um I was in this super frustrated place where I was going through a lot. I was quitting the entertainment industry. I didn't know what my career was going to be. I didn't know how I was going to make money. I was spending the little savings that I had, I I didn't have like a family or friends that I could quote borrow money from. I had no credit. Like I was not, it was like this really intense, um, I took a leap (laughs) and I was falling. Um, And I was really in this vulnerable place. And I remember feeling like, you know, my parents who out of their love for me took a really defensive posture and were like, What are you doing? This is insane. How are you going to pay your rent? How are you going to pay your bills? How are you going to eat? Like this is. And so anytime I would kind of bring up kind of my vulnerabilities or my feelings or whatever, I felt like shut down. I felt like there was no relating. There was no. And so I had this story in my head proved out in the evidence that my mom doesn't listen to me. Mm -hmm. She doesn't listen to me when I call her. She's doing her makeup. She's blowing out her hair. She's interrupting me She's telling me about the meeting. She's going to she just doesn't listen to me Which was really painful Then I did Byron Katie's work (laughs) And she has four questions and a turnaround So the first question so you come up with your what she has like your judge your neighbor statement My judging statement about my mom was my mom doesn't listen to me First question. Is it true? I'm like, hell yeah, it's true. Here's all the reasons I I just shared with you. (laughs) Question number two. Can you know without a shadow of a doubt that that statement is true? And I was like, fuck, I I can't. Maybe while she's doing her hair and blowing it out and talking about this, maybe she hears me too. Maybe she is listening to me. Like Maybe sometimes she hears me. Question number three. What happens or how do you feel when you believe the thought? My mother doesn't listen to me. Like, well, I feel rejected. I feel small. I feel unloved. I feel uncared for. I feel unsafe. I feel that I don't matter. Number four, who would you be if that thought never occurred to you? And I flashed. Mm. I flashed to a moment before getting on the phone with my mom. And I realized that when I see her calling, I have this stress response because she doesn't listen to me. So what the fuck's the point? I was like, well, if I didn't believe that, if that thought never occurred to me, I'd get on the phone with her just like I get on the phone with anybody else. Yeah. Fifth question, (laughs) not fifth question, four questions and a turnaround. Change one word in the sentence that makes the opposite of the sentence true. This is where it got really interesting. Change one word in the sentence to make the opposite of the sentence, uh, to make the opposite of the sentence, to make the sentence mean the opposite. So, my mother doesn't listen to me, change one word, my mother listens to me. I was like, okay, that, that feels good. I don't know that it really feels true. And <clears throat> I was like, well, let me, let me see if I can play around a little more. And I switched the pronouns and the noun and i said from my mother doesn't listen to me. Well, go bring tears to me. I don't listen to my mom. Oh. And i was like heavy. Oh my god. When i'm on the phone with my mom and she's yapping away and talking about whatever she's talking about, i'm not listening to her
0: It's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them, too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love
1: it. About the fact that she's talking all the time, about the fact that there's no space for me to be heard. And I realized, how the hell? Am I supposed to expect to be heard if I'm not going to listen? And so it's, again, that giraffe thing. If I truly want to be a healer in the world, I start, with, I start right here. So I made a commitment. Anytime I'm on the phone with my mom, I'm going to listen. And I'm going to make listening to her my number one priority. So what I did practically was anytime she'd be calling me, if I was like in mode, in movement, in stress, I wouldn't pick up. Because I knew I wasn't going to have the capacity to listen yeah, deeply. Yeah, to hold. Yes. Hold. So then I would wait until I could take a few minutes, meditate a little, take some breaths. And then I would repeat. I listen to my mother. I listen to my mother. I intend to listen deeply. Then I would call her. This happened for a few weeks until one day my mom called me for the first time in my life. And she said, you know, I just want to say to you, I feel so much closer to you than I've ever felt.
0: Wow.
2: So, Ryan, we, I swear, I i think I've said it before on the show, I've experienced it myself. Other healers like you have corroborated it, and I hope you can too. But isn't it true that sometimes... We do the work for the other parties in our lives and they shift because of the work we did?
1: It's a great statement. <clears throat> yes, 100%. However, they may not shift in the way we want them to shift.
3: <gasps> oh my God.
1: So let's talk. She shifted in a cool way, though, right? Totally.
2: But what, so give me an example of when they don't, I want to, cause I, I, I think I know what you're going to say. Cause I think I've experienced it yeah. too.
1: Yeah. Um, this happened a lot more in my earlier kind of waking up. Yes. T- to myself. Cause that's to my really, ego.
2: that's traumatic to those around you because it's such a close to you, yeah. 180. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I want to hear about their, yes. Cause those are the shifts I also see too, but I want, yeah. I want to hear from you.
1: Yeah. Listen, people are used to us being who we've been. yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we've been in ego reactivity and judgment and blame and 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 living in our traumatic wounds and not knowing how to nurture ourselves and therefore defending ourselves and attacking others, that's how that's who we've been in right. people's lives, and that's what they're used to. Um, and they know how to interact with that. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain amount of safety, even though it's an insecure yes. attachment there's a certain amount of safety of knowing this is how we're attached.
2: Yeah. And, and, or even if you feel like a victim, you're the, the community is also victims. Right. So it's yeah. like, yeah, it's cool. Like mm-hmm. we're all going to drink and yeah. party together. Cause yeah, life just sucks. Like you said, the universe sucks, but Hey man, whatever, I'll, I'll you know, two more Bud lights or whatever <laughs> the, you know, two more cosmopolitans, whatever your thing is. Yep. Yeah. And so, so yes. And when you make that shift, some of those people are like, Whoa, what, right? Like what's going on with you? Totally.
1: Well, so there's two things that happen. One is it dysregulates the relationship because you're now showing up in a way that's different. So they're like, wait, I don't know how to feel safe here. I don't know how to relate here. I'm used to being relating to you in a different way. You're not holding the space for that right now. So I don't know how to relate here. So that's on the other, that's the other person's experience. One of the things that also happens though, is especially at the beginning of our waking up, we go so far in the other direction. We've suddenly found Jesus and everything's great. And yeah. my mind has changed forever. And yes. it's all about gratitude. And it's all about ayahuasca. And it's all about <laughs> yes. like enlightenment. And it's yes. like so disconnected from reality. Yeah. Right? And I'm not knocking that i kind of am but you, we have to kind of well, it's almost everyone.
2: phase one no no it's phase yeah. one of yeah because yeah. it's like oh my god you don't understand what i just because i see it with Maria all the time yeah. after she does her shows she'll run in big like, you don't understand what i just discovered it's just bra- like ah. and i'm this and i you know like two years ago I'd be like oh, really real like but yeah you're just so excited
1: because you've yeah. seen something so Glorious and so yeah. magical. Well, and I'd say the excitement is cool. The excitement yes. is great. Is it embodied is the question. Are you living it yet? Ooh. Right. Because the problem is most people stay there. They stay in phase one and they stay in the thinking about the spiritual topics and the mm. spiritual tools. Yeah. But they never really learn. Of course, the miracle says you cannot bring the light to the dark. You yeah, no. have to bring the dark to the light. Oh. You have to go into the... Sh- the world does not need more light workers. Mm. The world needs more shadow workers. The world needs people who can go into the depths of the pain within our own systems and bring it to the light, bring it to the light of our own consciousness. So s- true spirituality in its highest form is the same thing as psychology. It's, it's about... Um, embodying the practices and the beliefs not just thinking them and and reciting them to people right i remember a long time it's like learning to follow people's actions it's like how many young women millennial women do i know who are starting to date these men who have like done 16 ayahuasca ceremonies and are suddenly this like enlightened master and know how to worship to the altar of the divine feminine. And then as soon as there's an issue in their relationship, he's like, bye, I'm out. The mask Mm -hmm. falls off. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. Completely. Yes. So, and there's a, by the way, there's a lot of that crap in the world of healers and spiritual teachers. Like if you want to find a healer or spiritual teacher to help you with relationships, probably a good idea. They're in one. Probably a good idea that they actually right. know how to move through 100%. the challenges. Of I mean,
2: listen, I bring it over to business. When I see uh, how many people are taking advice from people in business, and I will say, um, are any of them su- like like supremely successful? I'm talking like self-made multimillionaires. Like, I, I, I'm not saying, funny, Howard Stern last week was ribbing on his guys. He was baiting them and asking them, you know, they were th- how they were spending their money they were spending it pretty moronically and 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 in his, Howard's way he really does care and he wants to see them invest better and he's tried to advise them but they they know better than him and he was basically said to him you know who are you getting advice from and and he was there he was asking who's the you know who's the smartest more, more, more person most successful person you know and they were just naming the most random people, and he was like, he and he Howard never has wanted to talk about his own money, but he basically was like, I'm like maybe fifty million away from being a billionaire. Like I'm like, are you kidding me? And you're not like he was, but I see that in our my uh, business world all the time. Like who are you taking advice from? And in the spiritual world, yeah, like are you in a, re- a relationship? Do you have you know? Uh, yes, it's a great kind of. um, tool it's a yeah. great barometer
1: yeah the course of miracles calls that the unhealed healer Ooh. a lot of unhealed healers well, out there and right not that we have to be fully healed no i don't, don't think we ever serve. will be
2: i think we're even no. like we've had deepak Chopra, on we've had people and i i can f- see where they have pain and yeah, and things course. of course we all have that we're never going to be it's just trying to get there but i feel like well, in the um in the the kind of instagram influencer world it becomes so sexy and so attractive to become a healer to get all those likes get those dopamine hits you know and um and uh and then your ego like you said is controlling the narrative and and so yeah i I see a lot of people who go from the magical part of the awakening don't do the work and they're right out there and teaching and stuff, and I'm like, oh no, 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 no. It comes down to, you. it's like anything, which we keep hearing for any person who's successful at whatever they do on this show, it seems to always come back to one thing, as we interviewed Rosie Acosta about yesterday, the work. Mm. Gotta yeah. do, you, gotta, you gotta, They can't get around the work. So you yeah. have the awakening, and you see all these magical things like that could be, but then you went to work, Ryan right? You yeah. went to work on learning and learning about yourself and learning the practices and doing the practices and doing the work. And Can I ask a
4: question, Yes,
2: yeah. Stephen. Um,
4: so, yeah, Stephen, nice to, nice to have you, Ryan. Um, really loving the episode so far. I wanted to ask, you know, based on that and based on what Kevin's saying about doing the work beforehand, you know, when you become a life coach, what's the moment where you feel like you've done enough work? Was there ever like a moment where you're just like, I think I'm finally ready with myself that I could feel comfortable giving advice yeah, to other good people. Question.
1: Yeah, good question. Great question. You know, my own journey is I think an interesting one because I really didn't choose to become a coach. Um, and, and she's very public about this about this story, but really the cliff notes are is that, um, well, somebody, in, a very public figure had, a 10-year multiple sclerosis diagnosis. She hadn't booked television work in four years. She was single. She was just having really a super dark night of the soul, losing the function of her left leg. And this was about a year after I quit the entertainment industry and about six years deep into my spiritual practice and my spiritual life. And I'd spent the last year just deep in studies. Um, and not knowing what I was going to do with my life. And I ran into this person who I knew from when I worked at WME in my agent days. And we got to talking. She was kind of like, I'm used to you in a suit and a BMW. And now you're in yoga pants. You have a feather in your hair. But, and talk and Ryan, about those early moments, right? And Ryan, you what know, we it's talking so funny. About
2: before. I think I know who you're talking about who I also have worked with. And just by what you're saying, I think I know who she is, just like by that tone.
1: She's public about it. It's Jamie Lynn Sigler, if you're familiar with Jamie Lynn.
2: Yes, yeah, Yeah, we had the same publicist for a long time. Oh, beautiful. She's a good kid. All right, but continue, continue.
1: Yeah, so so we ran into each other in a smoothie bar. She's like, what the hell happened to you? I was wearing yoga pants. (laughs) You know, I was driving a smart car. And I just shared, you know, I'm fully committed to my mental health work, my spiritual work, my daily practices. She's like, well, what are you going to do professionally? I was like, I really don't know. I know it's going to have something to do with with helping others in the way that I'm learning. Um, She was like, well, what's your plan? I was like, I I don't have one. Like, I wake up every morning and I'm kind of like, all right, universe, show me. And I'm really more focused on my own healing work right now. And she was like, oh, well, cool. Good to see you.
2: Mm.
1: And the next day she called and and asked if I could come over. And I did. And that's when she shared about her MS and her pain. And, and part of me was sitting there. All
0: right, friends, let's talk about something we all do snack. Trust me. I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused
1: but one, how can I help her, right? This mm-hmm. kind of imposter. And another part of me was like he, very clear on the work I've been doing with The Course in Miracles. And the Course teaches that sickness is created by a stress we put on the body that the body is not meant to handle. And that that ultimate stress we put on the body is the yeah. belief that we are the body. It's a disconnection from the real self that puts a stress on the body that the body can't carry, which creates stress and symptoms, etc. And the body speaks to us, it's trying to get us to recognize who we truly are and what we're actually connected to so that we can offload some of the stress that we've been carrying our whole life so that it can function appropriately. And so we're just like talking about this and it was pretty miraculous. There was a really miraculous thing that happened where she was able to move her leg in a way that she hadn't been able to in 10 years. It was really miraculous. And I left and and the next day I was looking for apartments. I had $200 in my bank account. Literally, I moved out of the house that I was living in. I moved into my sister's house. Um, I had, for two weeks, I had gone to be looking for apartments. I went to Silver Lake, $200. <laughs> what the hell am I doing? Talking to the universe. Show me. Thank you. Uh, show me. Uh, um, so went and saw a couple places in Silver Lake. Got a phone call from Jamie. Um Actually, my story is off a little bit. Regardless, this was all intertwined in the same oh, day. I've been looking for apartments. I went to go look at. Went to go visit with Jamie. We had this miraculous three hours together. I left her house. I got a phone call from a colleague of mine who had worked at WME with me. There's a reason I'm sharing all these details. A colleague who I hadn't spoken to in a couple of years at this point, who I loved. She had the office next to mine at WME. She was awesome. I leave Jamie Lynn's. She calls me. I'm like. She says, what are you doing? I've been thinking about you. I said, I'm in West Hollywood. I'm just leaving a friend's house. I have some time to kill before going to a Marianne Williamson lecture. Mm -hmm. She says, oh, I moved to West Hollywood a year ago. Come over. Happens that she's literally around the corner and I'm driving by her building as we're on the phone. I go to her building. Um, I put my hand on the wrought iron fence to open the gate to walk into her building and a man's voice says to me, welcome home. And I look around and there is no man there. And I walk into this courtyard. I know, wild story. And imagine me, this like, quote, smart agent guy experiencing, mm-hmm. hearing a voice. I walk into the courtyard, beautiful Mother Mary statue over the, over the fireplace outdoor. There's a dude playing guitar on the balcony, smoking cigarettes. There's this gorgeous fountain in the center. I walk into Sean's unit. And as soon as I stepped on the floor, I heard, this is your home that same man's voice said, this is your home. And Sean, my, my friend says, what did you just say? I hadn't said anything. <laughs> I said, what? nothing. She said, you just said you're supposed to live here. Are you looking for an apartment? I was like, yeah, just as of this morning. She says, Barry, across the way, moved out this morning. No one ever moves out of this building. There's a huge wait list. Come with me. Takes a flashlight, takes my hand, runs me across the courtyard, shines it in. Turns out James Dean lived in this unit. Mm. Built in 1921. So beautiful. Clay, authentic floors, a hearth fireplace. Just like this beautiful, small, little sanctuary. I leave. She's like, are you seriously looking for a place? I was like, yeah, I'm seriously looking for a place. I leave. I go to the Marion Williams lecture. I wake up the next morning. I get a phone call from the landlord at Harper and Fountain saying, hi, everyone in the building sent me an email this morning. I got eight emails saying we want Ryan Weiss to move in. I hadn't met any of them. Sean went door to door knocking on their door saying email Allegra right now. She says, we have this great meeting. She says, write me a check for $2,500 and the place is yours. I had $200 in my bank account. I get in my car, I said to her, let me go get my checkbook. I get in my car, I start driving and I'm like, okay, God. I freaking start looking for apartments. I happen to find this unbelievable place. I just met with the landlord. I'm hearing voices in my head telling me this is my home. I didn't feel crazy at all. I felt like totally in my body. And I just said, show me. My phone starts ringing, it's Jamie Lynn. She says, I woke up this morning for the first time in 10 years, I threw my covers off. I danced around my house as mm. if I was Belle and Beauty and the Beast again on Broadway. I haven't done that in years. Um, it lasted for about an hour. Then I realized what I was doing and all the pain it in my leg came, came back. Yep. Yeah. And I said, and she said, something happened yesterday. I want to hire you as my life coach. This is, there's a reason I'm telling you this story, Stephen. She said, I'm going to hire you as my life coach. I said, I'm not a life coach. I knew one life coach at the time that I thought was smarmy. I just didn't like it. This is 11 years ago. Um, I said, I'm not a life coach, but let me introduce you to Marianne Williamson. Let's get you a copy of A Course in Miracles. Let's find you a health coach. Like, I'm so here for you. She said, nope, I've tried so much of that. Yes, I want to meet Marianne Williamson. <laughs> but I've tried so much of that. Um, I've spent all this money over a decade, like I feel more free from what we did yesterday. And I'm hiring as my life coach. I hired a life coach once. He charged me for 10 sessions at a time, $250 a piece. Where are you right now? I have a check for $2,500 with I your name on knew it. it. Mm. Oh my God. So that moment, I mean, right? It was undeniable. All my practical, rational head that my parents were like, What if this is medical malpractice? What if something happens to her? You can't be liable. You can't, all of that stuff just went out the window. It was just like, okay. And so I said, yes. And we started working together. And within three months, she booked a television series. She met Cutter, who's now her husband and the father of her children. Her life started turning around and it was this beautiful moment. Not that she was ever healed forever and ever. She still deals with all sorts of challenges and stresses that she talks about publicly, but it was a big transformation in her life. Her friends started seeing a light come back on inside of her. And then they started hiring me. That's how my coaching practice started. Wow. I would say for the first seven years, I had lots of, should I really be doing this? Is this really ethical? Do I really know what I'm doing? And I had to move through a lot of that. And I would say about eight years in, they say 10,000 hours, you feel like you have a mastery at something. It was, there was a switch. I think a big switch happened when I started doing my own trauma informed healing and it moved from the course of miracles, kind of spiritual, psychological, spiritual stuff to really being informed by the two things I said before healing happens when we create safe space for people to share their stories and we validate their emotions. When that piece came online, it was like everything synced up in my world, in my work. Um, and now I help people going through the hardest, most painful, challenging divorces or business losses or health conditions. Um, I'm very clear with them that I'm not licensed, that I am not a therapist. I'm there very clear in my contract of what I am not. <laughs> um, but, and, and, and I've never marketed my business. I've never paid a marketer. I've never done a paid ad it's a hundred percent through word of mouth because my success is 100% connected to the success and transformation of the people that I work with. So Steven, that's a long way of answering your question to say it's only four years ago that I really started feeling, Oh yeah, I know what I do. I I've heard, and I've heard
2: too, Ryan, that, um, a lot of people, they say suffer from imposter syndrome. Ryan's before. taking a break yeah, and I want to, Kels, yes. you know, what were some of your thoughts and takeaways here?
3: Um, big takeaways for me. He was the second person this week who has said that I wrote it down. We need to move at the pace of nature and the universe is moving at a slow pace. And it really like for me who I don't do anything, self care, even though hello, this universe I'm in, I'm just mm. like, brrr, yes, I do nothing. It just really reminded me that like, you're only going to heal. You're only going to get better if you start, Moving at the pace of nature, and not like in my everyday life, but taking those, whether it's my twenty minute legs up the wall, my
2: well, you do do your walks, walks,
3: and I've just started, but and it's, but even
2: still, it feels like feels to me like it's work,
3: and it's rushed, right? I know I have ten minutes, it's and I'll gotta go be like, yeah,
2: it's gotta be like this is my self
4: care moment, exactly. I'm going on my walk, exactly. Um, I really leave- liked his uh his take on pushing buttons. And how it's like your triggers, and instead of just having your triggers, it's examining why you have your triggers. Yeah. use you cow. That.
3: Right?
2: And get rid of those triggers. Like get re- Yeah, we never, it's right like, now. thank tri-
3: you for showing me those triggers.
2: Yes. And, you know, trigger has become such a sexy term now, yes. right? Like, yes. I mean, I'm triggered. You're triggering me. I mean, I know even our elementary school kids were saying it to their parents. Yeah. But he's right in the respect of, okay, so why do you have those triggers? Right. And then, you know, thank you for sharing them with me to the person rather than being like, you're trying to ring me.
3: Well, and Xavier Dogba, who we had on the show,
0: he has like a. a I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria. My mom would say in her Greek accent. What do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with way, go to the way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code heal squad for 15% off any product. That's the way T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com promo code heal squad. Trust me. You won't regret it. Trigger workbook. And I downloaded it and printed it out. You
3: can get it off his website. That helped me a lot. Cause I was like, Holy cow. There are certain things that like, even when I talk with you, Kev, I'm like, Got mad at that or this or that. I'm like, oh, that's such a trigger for me. Like, how can I work through that? It's clearly something from my childhood or this or that. So, yeah, I like that too, Steven.
2: And it was interesting to hear that he didn't, he, because I love everyone has a different way to get there, Mm -hmm. but notice that he didn't do EMDR. He didn't do, I thought he was going to say all that stuff. And he got through, through reading this book Yeah, and then the different self-care practices. Yeah. So I think that's very interesting because I know there's so many different ways for people to get there.
3: I think it's interesting too. I like it because it's more um it's more relatable. You know, like not all of us can pay for EMDR. Not all of us can, you know, yeah. go find an EMDR practitioner that even like sees us or, or whatever. It I've is. known
2: people do it, and it just it you know, we've had on the heel squad, we've had when we've done our heel sessions, certain people are just like, Yep, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling it. Right.
3: For right. whatever reason. Right.
2: So it's nice to hear it's that kind of a yeah, that kind of approach.
3: Yeah, I really like that.
2: And and I think, you know, once again it's like um you know, he said to the work. You got to do the work. I think any success, guys, you have to do the work. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one thing that I was saying. What's going on in the universe right now? And Ryan settling back in. Ryan, we're doing a little wrap up <laughs> of the things we learned from you.
3: So much. But I was
2: going to say, you know, one of the things that's going on, and I don't know if you'll relate to this, Ryan, or not, but I, but it, it, it keeps going to me like I, the work has to be done. You've got to do the work. You have to do the the self-care practices and you have to do the, the readings and the teachings and the learning and, um, and then the putting the stuff into action. But it's difficult. What, what I find to be difficult is we kind of have these um, conflicting narratives going on today, today more than ever with the pandemic, which is because we'll have even healers come on the show who, you know, are saying, you know, on the one hand, go with your joy, live your best life, you know, don't let uh, don't let jobs or whatever compromise your health. That's not important. Your pieces and this, that, and the other thing. But then they'll say, um, "You really have to work hard." One person yesterday, Rosie Costa, I I love it. I loved her quote. The quote was something like, "One of the most painful things for people is that is to realize that oh, they're not yeah. willing to work hard yeah, enough."
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, And then hearing even from you, Ryan, like you got to do the work. So mm. I think I think sometimes. You know, that there's a conflict that's out there today with people is that, you know, and to me, the answer is, you know, obviously everything in balance, but at the end of the day, to achieve anything that's worthwhile, you have to do the work, you know? So, anyway, that's one of the many things I got out of this today is that you, it still comes back down that you have to do the work.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I would just add to that sentiment that, um, there's a feminine approach to doing work and there's a masculine approach to Ooh, doing work. let's hear that. Um, the masculine approach to work is what we think of as work. Working hard, working strong, working long hours, busting through blocks. Yes. <laughs> like it's this arduous process. Yes. <sighs> and I think that that's important, but it has to be balanced, right? We want the hard work. We want to create. We want to... We want to move through our blocks, but, um, that's become so, um, lauded as the way to find success in the world. And again, we believe that we'll be, sorry, we believe that we will finally be deserving of love when we get success. So we believe that if I work hard enough, then finally I'll be loved and accepted, which is all we really want, right? Love and yeah. safety. Yeah. love. And Acceptance sake- equals safety. So if I work hard enough, I will achieve and then I'll be loved, which is literally the opposite of the truth, which is that you're born as love. You've always been love. You've never not been love. You've always been connected to this universe. You've always had your intuition. You've always been connected to creativity. And so the more feminine approach is not about working, quote, hard. Rather, it's about resting into the peace that's here for us. And that's why the sanctuary challenge is not called the sanctuary easy. It's called the sanctuary challenge because in the world in which we live, this hyper fast paced, work hard mentality, mm-hmm. it's a real challenge to slow down, to rest and to learn how to nurture ourselves. Yeah. And when I say rest, I, yeah, I mean like sleep and naps, but I mean, what does it mean to rest into? So you think about, we're holding ourselves all the time holding our muscles holding our tissues our tissues our ligaments our <laughs> tissues our muscles our bones our scalp. we're holding we're holding so much because we believe we're not held so we think we have to hold ourselves oh my god hmm. so right now i see you taking a deep breath yeah th- yes cuz i Evan. yes so what if you take that deep breath right now and what if all of our listeners and i'll do it with you what if you take a deep breath for a moment and fill up with air Hold that breath for a moment and realize there is an entire earth holding you up. You don't have to hold yourself. And as you exhale, you relax the weight of your body. So you can exhale now. Relax the weight of your body, recognizing the earth is holding you. That we can be held instead of always having to hold. And so many of us who deal with codependency and anxious attachment and work, I have to work hard for everyone who holds us, yeah. right? So many of us, and I imagine Maria included and you included hold space for so many yeah. people. Yeah. But who holds us?
2: Yeah. Maria has always asked that too, you know, cause she does hold
1: for so many people. Yeah. So the feminine approach to work, the work, is less about achieving and crossing things off a list and more about dropping into the support that's already here for us
2: and this masculine and feminine can be applied by men or women, correct it's just an
1: energy absolutely we all have counterpoints of energy Again, the masculine is only toxic when it's not balanced by the feminine. Mm. The feminine is the receiving, the feeling. Mm -hmm. The masculine is the working, the doing, the thinking. Masculine is action-oriented. Feminine is, like I said before, the art of doing nothing. Feminine is about receiving. So if you're an artist, uh, hell, even a lawyer or a podcaster... Whatever you do in the world, don't you want it to be inspired? Yeah. Don't you want it to what you're what you're putting into the world? Don't you want it to be informed by wisdom, by art, by brilliance? Well, how do you expect to put anything out in the world that you're not receiving yourself? Because all you put onto the world is what's within you. Yeah. So if we don't drop into a receiving state to Breathe in and rest into the natural brilliance that's here for us. And if you don't think there's natural brilliance here for you, mm. well, just take a check at the billions or trillions of cells that live in and on your body that are all working together in perfect concert. Huh. Whoa. Right. Just go take a step into nature and look at a tree. Go cut a flower and look at a flower. I mean, nature is expressing its brilliance as us all around us, in us. And so don't we want to connect to that brilliance? It's only the ego that says I'm separate from all of that. The cool thing is, is that it's not true. It's only in our mind. Mm -hmm. The terrible thing about that is it's in our mind. Mm -hmm. And our mind is our tool for perception. And if I believe the thought that I'm separate from all this brilliance, then I will experience life in a way that says... I'm separate from all this brilliance. You but
4: don't... if
1: I can rest into the brilliance that's here, I start to experience, oh, wait, I really am supported. Yeah. I don't have to react to the per- thing that person said because they actually can't threaten me. I'm loved by the universe. Like I'm safe. I'm actually safe.
2: I so think... what is there to defend? And I think there's so much about going into nature like you were saying mm-hmm. it is such a, like a, a means to help mm. to get you there. Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, this forest bathing and I know one therapist who just made me go down to the beach and put my feet in the water cause yeah. we were in LA or just even walk in the grass barefooted to get grounded to nature. I, I think that's a, that's definitely a way to help. And I, I can't say enough, Ryan, too, how much what we eat and consume and put in our bodies toxifies us too.
0: Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili.
2: You know, just brings out so much of that stuff. Ryan, um, this was a really special interview for sure wait and, we have
3: to go back to imposter syndrome oh because we can't forget about imposter syndrome oof, if so, you have time ryan we, we, have, s- we got uh, we kind s- of into it so
2: many around what do you want to know uh, uh, how many there are or when you suffer when you when feel you, it. when
3: you suffer from it
2: yeah. yeah well i know all the greats say they have those moments <sighs> yeah
1: yeah um i'm gonna go super metaphysical spiritual on this one and then we can find a way to practical if we want or we can just keep it in the spiritual. the ultimate imposter is the ego. The ego is the belief that I am a small separate thing. That's not what I am. That's not who I am. A course, in Miracles says is that I am, for lack of a better word, energy. I existed long before I was born and will exist long after I pass. My body is like a suit of clothes that I put on at birth and I take off when I pass at death. That who I truly am is a creation of this brilliant, magnificent, loving universe. That who I truly am is an extension of this universe. So Marianne Williamson says, if the universe or God is green felt, then I too am green felt. Mm. The only difference between me and God is that God created me. I didn't create God. So say that again. The only difference between me and God is that I is that God created me. I didn't create God. When we are a collective, what The Course of Miracles calls the sonship or the daughtership, the children, the creation of this universe, look how powerful we are. As one being, we're destroying an entire planet. Look how powerful we are. Yes. We build countries that go to war with each other, but we also build magnificent technology and beautiful art. We are epically powerful. The Course says we are the creation of the universe. That's what we truly are. We are this energy. The ego says, no, no, I'm this body, right? Of course, the miracle says, I am not the body. I am free. I am as God created me. The body is a tool for learning, and it's a vessel for communication. The body is is a tool for healing, and it's a tool for healing when I can remember that you are not your body that you are the light of this universe. That's what namaste means, right? We throw it around so much. All namaste means is the light in me salutes the light in you. Namaste means you're light and so am I. So we remind our mind of that. The ego says, no, no, you're not light. That's a nice concept, but that's (laughs) bullshit. You're the body. I'm the body. I'm the resume, I'm how much money I have or don't have, I'm my career, mm. I'm my relationships, I'm my home, I'm my Gucci Prada my Gucci prod shoes, I'm my BMW, whatever it is, I am the mm. things I have or don't have. That's the ego that says I am a small separate thing. That's the ultimate imposter. That's not who we truly are. When I am identified as my ego, I will always feel like I'm an imposter. That's where arrogance comes from. When I know who I truly am and rest into, into who I truly am, there's no need for arrogance. I don't need to prove to anybody. But when I'm feeling small and separate, then I have to prove that I'm not. This is that massive narcissism. This is the economy that we we live in, an economy that's been designed by mostly white men who feel so small and insignificant with such small dick energy yeah. mm-hmm. that they feel that they need to prove to everybody that yeah. they are the most powerful person in the world and are willing to do anything to do so. Mm. Right? That's the world that we've that we live in.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? It's it's so it's rooted in this imposter. And so anytime I'm in my ego, which I'm in mine all the time. You're in yours all the time. It's yeah. a part of our experience. Yep. Um, when I'm in my ego, I feel like an imposter. That comes out through, I'm not good enough to do this work. Can I really help people? Um, who am I to speak on that stage? You know, Who am I to write that book? Marion Williamson writes in her book, A Return to Love, who am I not to be beautiful and fabulous? I'm a child of God, mm-hmm. right? You know that quote. It's not our darkness; it's our light mm-hmm. that we most fear. Of so that quote, wow, often misattributed to Nelson Mandela. No, he, I, he yeah. used it in his speech. So explain that to me. Yeah, why? Let me just read it to you accurately. Sure. First,
2: the, and then that um, we, we fear—it's the light that we fear the most.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down for you in just a moment in the way I see it. Um, but I just want to read it to you accurately. Um, Yeah, here it is. Our deepest fear. This comes from her book, A Return to Love, which is rooted in the principles of A Course in Miracles. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask, we ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. Mm. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. Not, it's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give permission, give other people permission to do the same as we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So that sentence that you were asking about, it is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. So when we are in the position of the ego, the small and separate, the ego that us is afraid of light. Because the ego knows it's not ultimately real. The ego knows that the belief, which the ego is the belief that I'm separate, it knows that's not ultimately true, right? So it's threatened by light because light casts away all illusions. Light casts away darkness. The ultimate darkness is the belief that I'm separate. So the, so the ego is afraid literally for its life. If the light turns on within me, It'll shine on, it'll shine truth Mm -hmm. and the truth will show the ego isn't real. The ego isn't ultimately real. It's an aspect of our experience. So it Mm -hmm. seems very real. So the ego is afraid of the light and tries to keep us away from the light, right? That's why we don't meditate. It's not because you don't have time, right? We don't take care of ourselves, not because you don't have time. Everyone can find time to meditate. Everyone can find time to take care of themselves. Even if you have three young children and a job, well, I would say there are certain people in the world with such dire realities that finding ways to take care of themselves is seemingly impossible, which Mm. is horrible. And those of us who can take care of ourselves, I believe have responsibility to serve those who can't. Um, But we don't not meditate because we don't have time or because our head is too loud. Underneath all of that, there is an egoic fear That if I meditate, if I practice my spirituality, if I do the work, as you're saying, the ego is afraid, it will disappear, it will vanish. And it wants to live. It wants to live on.
2: Wow. Have you read the book, Ego is the Enemy?
1: I've heard, now you're the third person, so I will now have to check it out.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I need to reread it because uh, it it keeps coming to me too, Ryan, where people will say, ego is the enemy, and they'll go over all of that um ryan like i think i love your work i love what you're doing your spirit i'm in alignment with uh all of it and i to me you know i i I bless your parents too and if they are listening because you know whatever they did to to create you and even you know four siblings who are are men men of god like that's says a lot about your whole family you know, and, uh, and you knew, you know, you needed to kind of go through all that to become, to, to find your calling and to be able to, um, be where you are now to give all this light to other people. So it's really cool. And I think a lot of people, yeah, we, ha- yeah, we have the childlike view of our parents where, we have them as heroes and then I see a lot Ryan where then we just make them total enemies. Like we blame them for everything. And the poor parents, like, I didn't know any better. I just, I just was proud of you and I wanted to see you dance. You're a great dancer, Ryan. I wanted to, you know, so I think there's that, you know, empathy and compassion for them to understand. Totally. Yeah. And, and you know what? Like I, the people that I see, I'm like, well, I kind of like you and I like where you're at now. And, you know they had a hand in that, and so I think you have to honor it so anyway but i i i I just think it's fantastic what you're doing and um I'm sure we'll we will definitely be in touch more um more and more yeah about this and about you and um yeah, really good stuff ryan and um I know ryan do you what's Ryan's information that we can give out to our
3: well Let's Heel see Squad. Here. Ryan's Instagram is Waking Up with Ryan. You got to follow him. His stuff is amazing. Um that clip he was talking about earlier, I went on there the other day and I was like, "What the frick? Why did I need to hear this?" So yeah, his stuff just hits you right in the heart. So Waking Up with Ryan, also everything you need to know about him is on his website, which is wakingupwithryan.com. It has all the good stuff on there. And then Ryan also if you guys have the quilt app which we had ashley sumner who's the founder of quilt on the other week um he is on their run do you have specific days you're on quilt
1: yeah uh every friday at 9 a.m i mm. do like an interview it'd actually be great to have you on there if you ever want to i would on. love to
2: when I, anything you need ryan and i have some yeah. ideas for you as well when we talk off here i want to yeah. put into play for you because uh, to help you get your work and your message out but for sure, one hundred percent. I'm always here for you.
3: And is it nine o'clock yeah. Pacific?
1: Nine a.m. Pacific. Um, we also started last week doing a little Shabbat on there at oh. on Friday. We'll see how often we do that. Um, and then also, just so people know, the I still do post often on Waking Up with Ryan. But since January, I focus a lot more on the Sanctuary Challenge Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So on that page is where, like, there's already, like, 45 live streams. There's like a library wow. of IGTVs on there with all of that, which is the, where you saw. Well, where, I think where you saw that other one. So we're at Instagram at the Sanctuary Challenge. And then the website where people can sign up for free and invite their crew and all is uh, thesanctuarychallenge.com. Amazing. And... Thank you for doing what you're doing. And thank you for spreading the work of people like myself and like my best friend, Ashley Sumner. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm grateful for her for this uh, introduction. Thank you for doing this work. Thank you for being a um, source of opportunity for people to uh, start changing their lives and see things differently. And I really appreciate you inviting me on. It's such a pleasure.
2: Thank you. Where was Ryan at WME when we were there? Yeah, Ryan. Ryan I wish Ryan was Maria's agent. Hey Ryan Weiss, everyone. And uh, yeah, Ryan, we will, we will continue this conversation for sure.
1: I look forward to it.
2: Uh, okay. So we have another BFF of this show.
3: And a lot of work to do.
2: Yeah, Kelsey, what were some of the things that uh, you heard Ryan say that
3: well, I mentioned it earlier, you. I'm going to definitely be better with my self-care. And I know it's been like a self-care themed last couple of weeks, I feel like, but his really, really set in with me, especially with the masculine masculine and feminine ways we work and the energies. I'm like, okay, I have a very masculine approach, I think, to how I go about my days and my weeks and mm-hmm. my life. And I definitely need some more feminine energy in there to be able to a survive and B, be beyond like Kev says the 30 year plan. So Yes. That was really good. I really liked him his brief talk about codependency because I am that like if he talked briefly about how like if someone you feel like for example my mom I'm like my mom's hurting then I'm hurting, right? Mm. It's so that was really a good eye opener for me.
2: Yeah, you had that in childhood. Yeah, yeah. as did I.
3: Yeah. So, and I feel that today, like, to my, we've had comments, yes. like, to my core. Oh. Yeah. So, that was yeah. another good.
2: And I I feel like that's one of the reasons why your stomach is mm-hmm. where it's at, is mm-hmm. because you've taken on so much.
3: Yeah. So, a lot of stuff i got to do some work on, but in a good way.
4: In
2: a great way. Yeah. Stephen, what about you?
4: I thought it was really strong. I mean, I, th- I think the questions to ask yourself were really kind of cool. Like, I know it's like the first thing that people hear when they go to the show, but, you know... Changing the the dialogue that you tell yourself can be really important. I mean, my example of this was my therapy session I had a few years back was like, my biggest thing was like, oh, my my relationship with my dad. Well, what is it? And does he not want, does he not have an interest in what I'm doing? And through the therapy, I kind of, we asked those questions and I didn't realize it until now, but it it changed the dialogue in my mind of, you know, I'm not the person for him or like, I don't have anything in common with him. I changed the dialogue to, no, he hasn't taken an interest in what I do. And it's like a, it's like a mental shift that really made me not feel a, um, not feel a guilt for not having as good of a relationship. And it really helped me build the relationship from there. Yeah, And I thought that was, it's like what Ryan's saying in, in that moment, I think can really change a lot of people's, relationships with her family if they kind of examine you know as he said with his mom like she was more connected to him once he stopped approaching it from a situation of her hurting him
2: Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. it's those five questions with byron katie yeah yeah you know the looking her i'm gonna look her up on youtube for the work that was really interesting way to shift narrative of how you're looking at situations um and people yeah um and and he kept mentioning a course in miracles, so I've heard it mentioned before, and um, it's something I want to read. I, I, interesting that his all his brothers are rabbis, so he's right. he's comes from a devout Jewish family, and yet the course of miracles is supposed to be the teachings of Christ. Um, but I feel like with all the healers, too, um, they're almost universal in their religious beliefs. Definitely. There's a God, but, but it's not in
3: the universe, right? But there
2: is a, they, many I hear say, God, God, God. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I think the Gandhis and the Martin Luther Kings and the Jesuses and the Buddhas, and I think they're all conduits who, who are very enlightened souls and they speak, Mm -hmm. uh, angels speak through them. I don't know it's my like way of looking at it, but I just think it's always cool when people from different backgrounds like that embrace other teachings. You know, Agreed. rather than just the one way. No, which again, even if there's the one way and it works, it's fine. So but I, just
3: their ideas of it's not one way is the highway, yeah, right? It's yeah. all accepting. Yeah, he's really, really special. I'm excited to, I'm excited for you all to listen to this, and I'm just excited to keep like deep diving on him.
2: Yeah, yeah. He and he's young, so he's mm-hmm. got he's gonna be doing a lot, as yeah. uh, and hopefully like we will be able to help him along. In his journey. We had a nice mm-hmm. little chat with him at the end of the show. And Stephen was weighing in and Kelsey and me and yeah. you know, seeing what we can do to pump up. Pump you know? up.
3: I also really loved how much he was mentioning Marianne Williamson. She's been mm-hmm. on the show. And if you guys haven't heard that episode, it was last July, I believe. She's pretty dang incredible. We'll have to do her as a rerun soon. Um, but yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, he mentioned her a lot. And Yeah. Obviously, a big teacher of his, but just a just a little nice recommendation if if you need another go to, listen to that and share it.
2: And you know, kind of a negative shout out to Winnie,
3: oh, because what the heck,
2: you, you know, ten minutes into the interview, growling. And then had to be held... But my arm was tired. I had to hold her I tried her to the,
3: take her. I was like, give her to me. No,
2: but you're, you're, you need both your hands.
3: But she can sit in my lap. She's a, she's good at sitting in my lap.
2: Yeah, she won't for me. I have to hold her, like yeah. the way you're holding it now. Yeah. Anyway, you guys, please um, <laughs> continue uh, to keep commenting on our YouTube page and our iTunes page if you're listening to us. They help. The biggest thing you can do, though, whether you're listening on, uh, on Apple Podcasts or watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or whatever else is out there, please, please, please subscribe or have a friend subscribe. Um, you know, we still, our numbers aren't really, I don't think indicative of the value that the show's bringing. And You know?
3: Sorry about the
2: alarm. Oh, nice. Well, that means it's time to go. That's all <laughs> that means. Anyway, you guys, we, we love you and we honor you and, and, and thank you for Uh, continuing tune in with us as uh, Maria um, gets her feet under her and deals with her um, issues at home. Kelsey, until then, what?
3: Until then, you guys, be nice people. Make good choices, Kevin. And be present. Bye, you guys.